Today, we interviewed Valerie Baker, who tells us about her start in the internet marketing field and how that led to her role as a project manager on the technology innovation team. She has a unique approach and creative ways to overcome anything, whether it be reading and asking questions when she didn't know something, or even taking specialty classes when she wanted to overcome a personal struggle. We jump right into her start in college and how she got into the internet marketing world in the 90s. I got my degree um, from the University of North Texas in radio, television, film. And I really thought that I was going to work either in front of the camera as a newscaster or behind the camera shooting film. And I, the first job I could find out of college was shooting these really local cable commercials. So I w- would you film and produce? I would film, produce. I'd write direct. the script. I would direct I did everything. Soup to nuts. Is that soup, the phrase? Yeah, soup to nuts. And and then those would run on uh, local cable. When I had the opportunity to get out of that and into a different uh, career path, it was in the 90s. And the internet was just kind of starting to be a marketing tool. And a good friend of mine worked at an advertising agency. These big corporations like Coke or Pepsi or Mountain Dew wanted to create websites. And uh, I had no internet experience. I mean, I had an AOL account and I'd go online with my little dial-up modem. And um, I came in and interviewed and they said, do you have internet experience? And I was like, oh yeah, I, I get on the internet all the time. And they were like, okay, uh, well, we need a copywriter. We need someone who can help, you know, kind of, they called it like a, a website producer. Okay. And, and basically what I did is, you know, manage the relationship with the client. At the time it was Pepsi, Pepsi's first website. So a lot of pressure was put on us. But yeah, so that's how I kind of got started in internet marketing. The lesson that I learned from that job was that customer relationships, I built a really good relationship with our client at Pepsi. And I just learned that, you know, wow, if I build a relationship with this client, he's going to like what we do a lot more. And, you know, because you can build the best website in the world. And if you don't have a relationship with the client, then it doesn't matter. He's going to hate it. How did you know to facilitate that relationship or did it just come naturally? You know, it, it came honestly from waiting tables. Okay. Um, every th- I used to say everything I learned in business, I learned by waiting tables. And it's, and it's really true. I feel the exact same way. I mean, I waited tables from the time I was in high school all through college and learning how to connect with the customer, learning how to kind of read the table yes. and learning how to, you know, anticipate what their needs were. I just took that and, and took it into the, the corporate world and learned how to anticipate needs of my client and learned how to read, you know, how he was feeling about something. And it, it, it just kind of uh, crossed over into corporate life. So, And then it becomes natural. Natural. So that's how I got my, my start in um, internet marketing. One of my clients after Pepsi was uh, Verizon. I was basically uh, hired by this New York agency to be on the, on the ground here in Dallas as their representative, so their account manager. The agency's account manager. Yeah, the a- agency's account manager to work with v- Verizon. Okay. And we had all these different projects, so I ran around the Verizon offices and you know built relationships with all the different clients that we were representing, managed their projects, uh, made sure that their needs were being met, requirements were being documented, things like that. So I guess that was my start into kind of project management. And how did you know 
how to organize yourself. Again, it goes back to waiting tables. Okay. You know, consolidating uh, your moves. When you go to pick up food and you're going to take it to your table, you make sure that you got everything that you need before you go out to that table because you need to cons- consolidate your moves. You need to make sure that you're... Um, efficient. Efficient. Yes, exactly. So that kind of carried over again into corporate life. And it, I learned as I went. You know, I learned by asking questions. I learned by watching other people and being curious about um, how things were being done. But yeah, everything I learned was was based on watching other people and just being curious and, and having an open mind about how am I going to prove that I, I know what I'm doing? Because I, I basically faked it till I made it. Right. Makes any sense. So we're, we're faking it till we yeah. make it. We're watching all these people. Yeah. We're watching what they're doing. We're learning from them. You're super curious about what they're doing and you're a project manager. Then where do you go from there? This thing happened in the late 90s called the internet boom or bust or bubble burst or whatever it was called. Was it dot com? Dot com bust. Bust. Yeah. So all these dot coms kind of went out of business because companies learned how to take in all of that business themselves. They didn't need these agencies anymore. So the the interactive agency, the dot coms kind of went away. And based on the relationships that I had made with, you know, all the clients of Verizon, when I got laid off, Verizon hired me. And it was because of those relationships I had made and I'd showed them that I could manage projects. You know, they just saw me doing it from the agency side, you know, and, and a lot of it was learning to get outside of myself. I'm, I'm just naturally an introvert and I had to teach myself how to kind of break out of that in order to get the information I needed because you can't be a project manager unless you understand what goes into making that project. And in, in this case, it was software development. You know, we were doing applications, we were building, you know, websites, we were doing all, all of these things that I had no idea how they worked, but I had to make sure that they, they were getting done. Right. And in order to do that, you have to build relationships with your team members. I would sit behind my desk because I was too shy to go talk to people. And I would write emails and, you know, ask them, hey, um, how long is it going to take you to do this? Um, What kind of coding will you need to do this? Um, I wouldn't get the answers that I needed back. And it was because I was hiding behind my desk. and, And I had to actually force myself to get out, go talk to these people, get in a room, whiteboard stuff and just pray that they would think I knew what I was doing (laughs) until until I finally realized that I knew what I was doing. Do you remember that moment? Yeah, I remember the first time I had a brainstorming session at Verizon. I had all these executives in a room. I'd been there for maybe a month and we were trying to decide, you know, where there where verizon.com was going to be in the next year. And I had read in a book that if you did this kind of sticky note process where you put everybody's thoughts on, you know, have everybody take a, a pad of sticky notes and they'd put their ideas on them and you go up and you put these sticky notes up on the wall and you'd organize them into different groups and stuff. And I'm like, wow, they're actually doing what I'm asking them to do. <laughs> they're actually working with me on this. I thought for sure they would be like, this is crazy. We don't, this is stupid but no they really thought it was a great tool and that kind of boosted my self-confidence I was like wow just because I you know I I read about this in a book and and I made it happen and and I gained the respect of you know the people I was working with which gave me even more self-confidence it sounds like curiosity is the name of the game for you you're you're self-identifying that you're an introvert and you need to turn that off right then you're learning about how do I 
further this by keeping it going. Right. So you're navigating from not knowing any tech at all to becoming this TI pro in a matter of just learning and putting yourself out there. Yep. You didn't have any special skills that you were honing aside from self-confidence is what it sounds like to me. Exactly. And, you know, and I would read books and, you know, try to keep up with the latest trends. But, yeah, it all goes down to goes back to curiosity and asking questions and watching other people. What's interesting to me is that you have you go from broadcaster producer to reading books about sticky notes and project (laughs) managing and just a constant pursuit of learning Mm -hmm. and uh, and do you think that that curiosity is what made you a good project manager because you were open to listening and learning absolutely i think um project management is all about listening It, it is all about listening to what the issue is what the problem is even here at top golf you know i'll i'll have um people come to me and say hey we want to do this and i'm like okay but what is the problem you're trying to solve let's let's not solution it before we determine what the problem is and then we can tell you how we can solve that from a ti perspective um so yeah, and, and you have to listen to what those issues are and then kind of break it down, talk to your dev development team and and understand what's possible based on the systems that we have in place. So we're working with Verizon. Mm-hmm. We're in the IT department. Right. We're there for how many years? I was there a total of 10 years, um, right around 2006. A friend of mine asked me to invest in a club. And I thought, you know what, I can do that. I have, I had some extra money. I'd just gotten divorced, so I had kind of like this, you know, divorce settlement. And she had asked me to invest in a club that she was helping to run, and it was, it was going, you know, it, it wasn't doing very well. It was at a time when Deep Ellum wasn't um, what it is right now. It was, it was kind of quiet. And Deep Ellum is a really cool now a really cool neighborhood in right. Dallas yes in downtown Dallas yes and and I used to go there when I was like in my teens before it was a cool area it was just like artists and and, and musicians hanging out in the street and you know people everywhere just being artists and I thought wow this is so cool this is like our San Francisco or like Brooklyn <laughs> yeah right yeah and uh so I would go there and and I would go to this club called you know Club Dada um, because it was it was one of the better places to see music, and so when my friend asked me to invest in you know in Club Dada, I was like, well, sure, I'll, I'll I'll help you. Of course, I'll help you. Here's you know, ten thousand dollars, and um, and little by little, I became more and more like involved in the in the management of the club, and started putting even more money into it until all of a sudden, I was one of the owners. And I was, I was almost like a silent partner. Um, you know, she kind of ran the place and everything. I still had my job at Verizon. But little by little, I started spending more time at the club. And, you know, since I was owner, I felt like I needed to be there. I needed Newly to be, single. Newly single. I was meeting mm-hmm. all these musicians. I started dating a musician. And, you know, little by little my job performance started suffering at Verizon because I was spending all these late nights at Club Dada. And, um, yeah, so I I owned the club for two years. 
I had no business owning a club. It taught me so much about how not to run a business. We had no idea what we were doing. We were just having fun booking bands and watching the bands. And all of a sudden we realized, oh my God, we're not making any money. We can't pay our taxes. And in the state of Texas, if you can't pay your liquor taxes, you can't serve alcohol. You can't buy alcohol. And then you can't make any money because you can't can't serve any alcohol. Yeah, so it's kind of like this perpetuating, you know, issue. And we had to shut down the bar. It was, it was kind of devastating for me, you know. Of course. You know, because I, and I had effectively lost my job because of the club. So sounds like burned a few bridges. We've uh, made a couple of decisions, maybe not the greatest decisions in hindsight. What did we learn from this? What I learned from this was that I had to stop thinking about what I wanted and what was good for me because I didn't always know what was good for me. And these brilliant ideas I had about opening clubs and, and thinking I could fake it there wasn't, wasn't going to work. And when I got fired from Verizon and then I lost the club, I, I went through a kind of a dark time, you know, a really dark time where I kind of lost myself. Yeah, questioning who am I? Who am I? Why, you what know, am I? What is my purpose? Yeah. And and, you know, can I, can I start over? I mean, and I went through this period of time where because of the dark place I was in, I lost like four great jobs within a year. And so I had like gaps in my resume. I burned so many bridges in the Dallas area that the, the first job I could find, and, and I, was, I was jobless for about six months almost a year and the first job I could find was this tiny little direct mail marketing agency direct mail marketing and I was barely making enough to pay rent and I thought with all my years of experience that I should be instantly respected that I you know I helped create the first Pepsi website, for God's sakes. I spent 10 years at Verizon. You guys should respect me for all the experience I have. And so I learned really quick that I had to get my ego out of the way, get out of my own way, and and to actually become a team player. All my life it had been about, you know, how I could get ahead or how I could get the next great thing. And I had to learn that it's, it's more about working as a team to get something done collectively. I had to, I was doing sales, which is something that I had never done. I was basically selling these direct mail marketing packages. And I was like, how can I get better at at, at sales? You know, this is something that I haven't done. And so I, I, I was like, well, how do you sell things? Well, when you're a bartender or a, a server, you learn everything there is to know about the food so when people ask questions, you can upsell. You learn about all the different alcohols, all the different variations so that you can upsell drinks. And that's how you make better tips because you get the, the you know. Because you have the knowledge and you're a trusted source. Yes. So the same goes, you know, here I am selling these direct mail marketing packages. I learned everything there was to know about those different packages so that I could sell them and upsell them. And my introverted self, you know, a lot of this was done on the phone because we had, you know, clients all over the, the world, really. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm really shy. How am I going to, you know, because my, my self-confidence had taken a hit after being fired so many times. Of course. And, and so um, I was like, so how can, I, how can I get better at, you know, getting out there and, and talking to these clients on the phone? I started taking improv classes, improv comedy classes. And at first it was just, I did it on a dare. Right. And my, you know, my best friend was like, 
maybe you should take improv. And I was like, yeah, maybe I will. What a good dare. <laughs> yeah. For a Great. friend. To give to Don't a friend. Look at me. As she casually looks over at TJ. I took six different improv classes. I mean, it was, it was kind of like, you know, improv one, improv two. It was, you know, like a whole curriculum. Right. of improv and I became so good at it that it improved my uh, sales. I, I became the top seller in this little agency. What an interesting way to find a skill set outside of like any realm of logic. I think there's a book there, right? <laughs> like how to become a better salesperson, take it, you know, become very good at improv. Yeah, and it helped me with my my introvertedness your confidence my confidence yeah because you improv teaches you to to think yes yes and you know when someone says something or asks you a question yes and and you have to quickly think of the next thought and um and i imagine as a project manager now in your current role you have to be open-minded exactly to new ideas especially for a growing organization because some of the ideas that come across your your desk are probably pretty out there and you have to say yes and yes. this is how we're going to yes. get there exactly it sounds like in the small agency that you were at before top golf you really got an opportunity to get back to who you were internally right that curious person who's willing to take a risk but put an equal amount of work uh, to become excellent right i i learned that you know I couldn't rest on my laurels. I had to find new ways to engage myself and to learn. And it all goes back to being curious. You know, how can I do this better? So you talked a lot about uh, different instances where you were kind of faking it until you make it or imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. or do you still experience that? Yeah, you know, I, I, I do. I, um, I've learned that when I'm starting to feel that anxiety, when I'm starting to feel that imposter syndrome, you know, kind of building up inside of me, when I'm starting to feel like overwhelmed, I reach out to a friend, either a coworker or someone just, you know, a friend that knows me and knows my background, you know, and I'll say, hey, I'm really feeling overwhelmed right now, or I'm, I'm really feeling like I don't know what I'm doing. And inevitably, they say, you know what, you're amazing. You're going to get this. Look how far you've come. Look how much you've done in your career. You can do this. And that's all I need, really, to kind of let go of that anxiety a little bit. When you're talking to your friend, mm -hmm. do you say, like, do you use the words imposter syndrome? Yeah, sometimes I do use the word imposter syndrome. Because everybody knows what it means nowadays, for the most part. Right. I, I mean, it... it and I, I think it goes back to the whole stigma with mental health. People don't think it's okay to reach out for help. Right. They think it's a, a sign of weakness. But it's really just utilizing the resources around you. And it's okay to ask for help. Yeah. Even, even if it is just, hey, I'm feeling like I'm, I feel like I'm an imposter. Right. What am I doing here? And you just need that little bit of encouragement. So you feel this bubbling up. You reach out to someone in your network. You name it. Mm -hmm. And it starts to simmer. Exactly. You become successful. So we're looking at the light at the end of the tunnel, making a conscious choice to keep learning, to reach out when you need it, and fake it till you make it, but in a sense of using your curiosity to get where you want to go. 
what is your one piece of advice that you would give to people thinking about all those things that we've been talking about? What is the piece of advice that you would share that sums up all the things that you've gone through along this career transition? I think I would tell them to be um, okay with themselves. Give themselves a break. You know, accept themselves as who they are. Accept that you're you're not going to know everything. But stay curious. Don't think about yourself all the time. Help others because it's always going to come back to you. Val, thank you so much for talking with us today, for sharing your experience and your learnings to this point. And it sounds like you're always learning. So I imagine we will be back again (laughs) to learn more about your learnings. I hope so. This was fun. Thank you. She summarizes her learning in such a graceful way in guiding us to help others and be selfless. Valerie's clever way to break out of her introverted shell by taking improv classes was something I found so intriguing and truly shows that getting out of your own comfort zone can lead to great things. 